Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Amen. I am so thankful uh, to everyone that's here tonight. Um, I appreciate everybody for coming. Um, God is a faithful God. And I truly, truly thank God. I hope I won't embarrass him. I truly thank God for the pastoral anointing upon Pastor Storm, the Father's anointing upon him. It's very similar to what I experienced with my pastor in Minnesota. I was on the phone with him last week um, because of something that the Lord showed me in a dream. But while I was talking on the phone, I realized that I didn't ask God if I was supposed to share it. So I changed the subject. Uh, But we had a, a good fellowship. I just want the church to know that you have a a true shepherd in the house, um, an under-shepherd, an under-shepherd under the Lord Jesus Christ. When, when somebody is, I, don't, I, I didn't plan to do this, when somebody is truly a pastor, you, the, the, the shepherd's grace flows out of them. It's not forced. So I just honor God tonight. Lord, we thank you for the privilege to bring your word. I just am undone by how much you love us, how much you love me, and how much you love your family. Lord, I just pray tonight that through this word, that love will shine through, that everyone in the house and everyone watching from home will truly feel the love of the Father radiating through this vessel to them. You know, I know they know that you love them, but Lord, a deeper revelation of it. Lord, I pray, like Pastor prayed, for everyone under a heavy burden, that this word tonight will lighten their load, will illuminate, like your word says, the entrance of your word produces light. Lord, I pray, none of me, but all of you, that you speak through me as of the oracle of the Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I, you know, like Paul will write, I come with much trembling, amen. Every opportunity I have to share the word of God because I know one day I'll give an account before the Lord. The integrity of what I preached You know, what God holds us accountable for is, are you walking in all the light you have? Amen? And that cuts across whether you're a preacher or somebody in the pew. Are you walking according to the light that you have? Amen? God is not going to expect you to walk like uh, Oswald J. Smith or Smith Wigglesworth. But the light that has been exposed to you the revelation that you already have, are you walking in all of it? Are you being a good steward of that? Amen? 
So as we go through the Word of God tonight, I want us to not take it, oh, hi, I know that story. Open your heart and let the Lord speak to you what the Father wants to communicate. So uh, the first part of what I'm going to do is to speak on the love of the Father. Amen. I'm following the Holy Spirit. Speak on the love of the Father. And then I'm going to hopefully wrap this up in a, in a neatly bow because for all intents and purposes, tonight is the last night. But I want to encourage everyone, please continue to pursue, continue to study, continue to grow. Don't stop. Amen. Any subject that is being preached from this pulpit or anywhere that you are exposed to, and the Lord is calling you into something deeper in that space. Follow it. Get books if you have to. Have conversations with other leaders. Say, what do you know about this? Teach me. Amen? Be thirsty for knowledge. So if you can open your Bible to Luke chapter 15 from verse 11. I'm going to try to go as fast because I have a couple of things I hope to get through tonight. Luke chapter 15, beginning from verse 11. It's a familiar story. Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that fall to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country. And there he wasted his possession with prodigal living. But when he had spent all... And there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to the citizen of that country, and he sent him into his field to feed swine, pigs. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. I want to pause. I want you to notice that even in this condition of this young man, is still the son of the father. His father is still wealthy. His father still loves him. But as far as he's concerned, because of his choice and decision, the father doesn't care about him anymore. And there are many people in the church that feel that way. Because of something you've done, and maybe what you've done is terrible, Maybe it's a small sin, it's a big sin, or something you did many years ago. The enemy has cornered you and said, God doesn't care about you anymore. He doesn't care about your finances. He doesn't care about your children. He doesn't care about your marriage. Look at what you've done. Just look at you. Just look in the mirror. And then he's badgering your head and badgering your mind and badgering your mind, and you are taking it. But God wants to unmask that tonight. Amen? He loves you. Even in this condition, the father still loves him. We know the story. I mean, I remember being taught this story as a little boy. I've heard it a thousand times. So let's keep going. But when he came to himself, you have to come to yourself and and truly receive the love of the father. And you're going to find out how this connects with what we are going to be talking about tonight. How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. He's beginning to think about what's happening at home. Even the servants, they eat like kings. What is going on here? 
Why am I in this condition? It's a self-inflicted condition. Then he said, I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He's struggling with his identity. Make me like one of your hired servants. So this is his plan. I'm going to go to to my dad. I'm going to tell him, just take me as one of your servants. That's, That's good enough. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great distance away, a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. I want you to picture this young man by this time. He's been living in abject poverty. He's been without food for days, for months, for God knows how long he's been gone. He smells, probably. But the father did not see all of that. He ran to his son, kissed him, and loved on him. That was not what the boy was expecting. And there are many in the house tonight that are feeling like that. Because of whatever condition you find yourself, you feel like the father doesn't care anymore. That is a lie coming straight from the pit of hell. Amen? Amen. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. You notice what the father did? He didn't even answer that. You're talking like foolish boy. I'm not even going to answer that. The father said, bring out the best robe, the best, and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Daddy wants me to look good. Daddy wants you to look good. I'm not just talking about clothes, but to be attired in life. Everything that you need, spiritually, socially, mentally, every area of life. Papa wants you to look good. You know, I call him Papa. Glory to God. He is Daddy. He said, bring the best and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us have a party. I'm sure this young man is still blown out of his mind. Like, what is going on? What is going on? What is going on? For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to have a party. Now, the older son, because of time... I'm just going to skip on it. The older son found out about it. He's like, what's going on? Why is there music going on? What's going on in the house? And they told him, I got mad. The older son is like the son in the house that's diligent. You know, people that go to church, they're serving God faithfully. They are loving on God. And the prodigal son is like the one that's, you know, partying out there, you know, doing drugs and carrying on. The reality is the father loves them both. And you also find out in this story of the son that is in the house, he has some kind of inferiority complex too. Because everything that the father has belongs to him. And he's living like his brother. 
the father said, dude, everything I got belongs to you. Why are you asking me? Just go kill the animal and eat and have party with your friends. And there are many in the church. They, they are born again. They are children of God. But they are living beneath their privileges. As sons and daughters in the house. One of the many, many things that God's word promised to give you is provision, protection. Amen? Amen. So if there is anything going on in your life that is beneath your privilege, how do you find out your privileges? Get accustomed to this book. It's all over the pages of the book. You find out that I'm supposed to prosper. I'm supposed to be in health. I'm supposed to have no lack. I'm supposed to have the Holy Ghost. I'm suppo- then you begin to say, hey, wait a minute. What's going on here? Amen. I'm supposed to have this. Amen. Why am I not having it? And you take it up to God in prayer. And you partner with your best friend, the mighty Holy Spirit. You know, like Pastor always says, he will give you the strategy for prayer. Amen. In fact, when you look at the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, he doesn't always do it the same way. Because he is following the blueprint from heaven. So the fact that you prayed such, such and such a way the last time doesn't mean you should do it the same way. In fact, look at David, King David. Every time he's going into battle, he will go and inquire before the Lord. What is the strategy, Lord? And then he will follow whatever God is telling him. You notice that we have not deviated from our, our team. We are still talking about how to hear from God, the prophetic all of them, they are tied together. If you don't know that God loves you, you know it here, not here. You know it on days that you didn't pray. And on days that you prayed, hop a storm. On days that you feel like staying in bed. And on days that you are out and about and evangelizing and you've won like 50 people to the Lord. His love never changes. Somebody said, if God is moody, we are going to be in trouble. If God is moody like us, you know, the weather is good, I'm good. The weather is bad, and then God is in terror. Oh, Lord, we would have been wiped out. His love never changes. His love never changes. Now, this is not a license to sin, because somebody said, people don't need license to sin. They sin without license. (laughs) This is not a license to sin. Even on days that you sin... The love of the Father doesn't diminish. Amen? He loves you. Eric, my brother, he loves you. He loves you. And ah, if you are the only one on earth, I've said this before, he would have sent Jesus because of you. That's how much he loves you. And it's not just me. He loves you, my sister. Every bit of you, every part of you, the good, the bad, and the ugly, he loves you. Amen? He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Somebody needs to hear that tonight. He loves you. He loves you. And his love is not like the special of the day. Like when you go to the restaurant and you say, ah, the special today. <laughs> this one is 50, 50, you know, 50 cents on the dollar. No. His love is steady. It never changes. You see him display that love 
to the prodigal son and to the one that is in the house. He loves us. So when you now bring that into everything the word of God has promised you, then you approach it with that perspective. Whether it's provision, whether it's being able to hear from God, whether it's flowing in the Holy Ghost or whatever promises the word of God has given you, then you approach it from the place of love. Papa loves me. I want you to say that. Papa loves me. He loves me. Say it and mean it. Papa loves me. Amen? He knows all your baggage and he still loves you. Amen? He loves you. He loves you. And because of that, he's going to help you. Hallelujah. So when you, look at, when you look at that in the context of the teaching that we've been going through, you know, we talk about the Holy Spirit and his gifts to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and then we talked about all the other gifts, natural gifts, talents, ability to uh, create fashion, ability to create uh, construction, and things like that. All of that came from the love that the Father has for the church. And you are a member of the church. And, you know, many times we think about God loves the church, you know, like the global church. But, mm, Bishop, you don't know my life. I don't. But he does. And he still loves you. And he still loves you as much as he loves the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's some big love. He loves you. You've got a roof over your head. You don't have a roof over your head. He loves you. And you know, the love of God is not to love you and keep you there, but is to love you and bring you out into a wealthy place. Amen? But many people in the church don't even believe that. Some people don't even believe that God will meet their needs. And we are going to talk about that tonight, hopefully, by the help of the Holy Spirit. So if, God, if you don't believe that God will meet your needs... He would do his best to help you as much as he can. If this son had not come to the father, he would be living in, with the pigs for the rest of his life. Yes. Meanwhile, he has a mansion with hired servants, with inexhaustible supply of food and clothes and everything that he would ever need. You know, your papa is not broke. <laughs> papa is not broke. So you, it's illegal for you to be broke. Amen. Some people will not believe that, but that's okay. He still loves you. It's according to your faith. That's what the word says. If you believe God will meet your needs, he will meet your need. If you don't believe God will meet your need, then he will leave you right there. Now, he will send messages to you. He will send messages like this to you to wake you up and say, I didn't just save you to yank you to heaven. Think about it. If that's God's plan, the moment you got saved, it would just take you that moment. That would be the safest thing, right? So that you won't have any opportunity to backslide. It just takes you right there. But it's big enough to watch over you right here. He's a big God. And he is your own daddy. 
your very own daddy. You've got to believe that. You know, when I pray, I say, Lord, I just thank you. You know, many people, you know, talk to God and, and they call him Lord, and that's great. But I, I take it to another level of intimacy, Papa. I say, Papa. I talk to the Lord Jesus Christ. I talk to the Holy Spirit. I talk to the Father. I talk to the three of them. And one of the things that I put in my heart tonight is to communicate how much he loves you. He loves you. The enemy hates you with a passion. But the Father loves you with an unquenchable passion that you cannot put words to. So when you now put that in light of what we've been talking about, you know, because there are people in the church that hear from God routinely, and there are people in the church that don't. They are still struggling with that. We are going to see scriptures tonight that I believe by the help of the Holy Spirit will liberate you. The Bible tells us over and over, in fact, four references in scripture, the just shall live by faith. In Habakkuk 2 verse 4, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. If you have it, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the just shall live by his faith. In Romans 1.17, which is quoting Habakkuk, he said, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. We see another revelation there. You can go from faith to faith. From one level to another. Ooh, that's good. I've been walking. <laughs> I knew I could do that. <laughs> from one level of faith to another level of faith. Wherever level you are right now, you can go to another level. You can challenge yourself to go to another level. In hearing from God, in the gift of the Spirit, in operating by faith, all of it. You know, God spoke to us last week that we should launch out into the deep. Step out of the boat. Because the miracle of walking on water is not in the boat. If you want to walk on water, you're going to have to step out of the boat. And you know the beautiful thing, when you look at that story, the only disciple that walked on water was Peter. And the reason that he was able to walk on water was because he got out of the boat. So if you want to walk, if you want to have the miracle of walking on water, you're going to have to get out of the boat. You're going to have to get out of the boat sooner or later. You know, like, um, like um, one of my spiritual mentors will say, a time will come when you get to a point in what you are trusting God for that you say, okay, this is it. Lord, this is it. This is it. I'm, I'm just stepping out of the boat right about now. If you don't show up, I'm, I'm, I'm dead. This is it. Amen. And the beautiful thing is, he's going to catch you. He's got a mighty hand. <laughs> Somebody had a revelation and was taken to heaven and saw the throne of God. He said the father was sitting on this gigantic throne. And he said, you know, like if somebody's sitting down, like right now, let's pretend that this is a chair. And you got a hand sticking out like this. He said the hand of the father was as big as the state of Texas from what he saw. It's bigger than that. He can be as big as he want to be. He's a big God. And he's your papa. 
he owns the cattle upon a thousand hills. The hills where the cattle graze, he owns it. The silver and the gold, he owns it. Come on. The only thing that God is concerned, that's heavy on the heart of the Father is covetousness and being a good steward of whatever he has given you. He doesn't care. He can make you a billionaire. It's money. Think about it. The streets of heaven are paved with gold. I share with you one of my meditations many years ago. Um, I was meditating on this, and I was thinking about the street of gold. I was thinking about heaven, and I pictured it like when you go downtown, you know how they do those bricks? I pictured it like that. I said, Lord, if you go like on the outskirts of heaven where nobody will see it, just grab one of the bricks and give it to me. I'm going to become a trillionaire. You know what the father said? Don't mess up my streets. Everything you need is down there. I made provision for you right there. And he began to speak to me about how to appropriate faith to get resources. You have to believe God. Whether it's hearing God, whether it's uh, provision, whether it's anything. I'll give you an example. I, I heard, I've heard about this many, many years ago, that one of the, one of, because faith is an act. In fact, Wigglesworth will say when, he, when he's preaching, he comes in the room, the first five to ten minutes, faith is an act, faith is an act, faith is an act. He keeps talking about it from over there to over there. He keeps, you know, for ten minutes, he just keeps saying, faith is an act, faith is an act, faith is an act. If you don't act, it's not faith. If it's not so after 10 minutes, people kind of get a message like, okay, we got it. Faith is an act. And I did that on purpose so that you two can get it, that faith is an act. You have to act on your faith. You can have a heart full of faith and still be broke. You can have a heart full of faith and still be sick. You have to act on your faith in order for it to produce. So I'll give you a good example. So going to bed, and I say, Lord, because one of the ways that God speaks to me is through dreams. I get powerful dreams. So when I go to bed, I have a notepad next to my bed because I'm expecting God to speak to me so that when I wake up, I will write it down. I'm not lying to you. I will write the date of tomorrow on the note, expecting God to speak to me. I did it last night. And when I woke up this morning, I have a lot to write. Amen? Faith is an act. What is God wanting you to act on to unleash that miracle? Amen? Like somebody believing God for a job and they never apply to a job. Even in the natural, that doesn't make sense. Because how is God going to get a job over to you if you don't even throw your name in the hat for him to have something to work with? Amen? Now, in the midst of that, God might lead you and give you specific instruction. Follow that. But you have to act on your faith in order for your faith to produce. Amen? Amen. So, Galatians 3.11 also said the same thing. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. The last one, Hebrews 10.38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, draws back from what? From living by faith. My faith, my, 
my soul has no more pleasure in them. Then the next verse said, we are not of them that draws back unto perdition, but those that believe into the saving of the soul. Then he goes to Hebrews 11, and now faith is the substance. So he was telling you, the just shall live by faith. We live how many times? 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365. That's our life. You don't stop living. If you stop living, then something's wrong. You're going to go to some funeral. You, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. So faith is not an event. I got sick. I need faith to get healed. I, got, uh, I need a new job. I need that to get a new job. No, faith is not an event. God expects us to live by faith every minute of the day. Do you see that? The just shall live by faith. It's not saying you shall live by faith when an event shows up. No. You're supposed to live by faith every minute of every moment of every day. So the same thing applies to hearing from God. There are people that say, well, Bishop, you know, everybody's saying, you know, God said this, God said that, God said this, God said that. I don't hear from God. The first thing you need to change is that language. I don't hear from God. Because the word of God says, my sheep hears my voice. If you are his sheep, you will hear his voice. So you have to have faith that you will hear from God. And we've gone through so many, many ways that God speaks. God might speak. Many people are expecting a voice. You know, like the thoughts that goes on in our mind when we are thinking. Sometimes God will speak that way. But it might be an impression. Annoying. You just have a feeling. We talked about word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Sometimes you feel pain in your body, but it's really not you. It's God communicating with you that somebody has pain in this side of their body, and I want you to minister to that person. So an impression, a picture, like you are praying. You are praying like about, about something, and then you, in the middle of your prayer, you get a picture. You know what we think? We think our mind is wandering. You're talking to the Father, and the Father is talking back, and then we just dismiss it. So you might get a picture. Take a moment, pause, and write it down. What picture you're getting? I, I, I see Pastor Flo in there many, many times. He said, I'm getting a picture. You know, the other day he saw a wheelbarrow and gold in it. I said, I claim it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's available to all of us. If you sit there and you say, yeah, that, that sounds weird. What's a wheelbarrow? You just missed it. You just missed it. You snooze, you lose. Oh, my goodness. But God still loves you. He wants to meet your needs. Many times God is sending uh, resources across your path. But because we are spiritually dull, this is me being nice, we are not seeing it. So pray and say, Lord, open my eyes to see the wondrous thing from your law, what you are saying to me, so that I don't miss it. Amen? Amen. So God is speaking. He's speaking. Think about 9-11. There were many, many testimonies that came out of 9-11. And there were many, many tragedies that came out of 9-11. And I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just using this as an example. Every child of God that was involved with 9-11 got a telegram from heaven. Because God is not a liar. He's a good father. 
Do you think if I know, if I'm in the position of God, and I know about 9-11, and I know all my children that walk there, I'm not going to warn them. You, you, let's just think as a natural father. That would make me a terrible father. God gave them revelation, whether it's through dreams or an impression or a warning, something that just makes them feel yucky, like I'm not supposed to go to work today. But many people will ignore it, and then they go ahead, and then tragedy happens, and then people in church will be like, man, I know that sister, I know that brother, how come that happened to them? Now, the beautiful thing, like I said before, is the moment that brother steps over to the other side, the father will hug them and say, let me take you to your mansion. It's game over. Meanwhile, on earth, it's affecting people's faith. People are leaving church because of that. Come on, run your own race. Are you running your race because of brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so? Or are you following Jesus and the word of God? If brother so-and-so runs away, I'll pray for him. But that doesn't mean I should run away too. If your faith is anchored on a person, you are on shaky ground. Because a person will disappoint you. Your faith should be anchored on the solid rock. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Only Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Not Not Pastor Bishop. Not Pastor Tom. Thank God for them. Not brother so-and-so, not sister so-and-so. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. That's who you hook up your faith with. I can't save you. Sorry. I'm not qualified. (laughs) You are not qualified. I don't care the man. Even think of all the patriarchs of old. Abraham. Moses, Elijah, Elisha, Mimi, these mighty men and women of God, they are not qualified. None of them, put all of them together, they are not qualified. The only one qualified is Yeshua. He's the one that died for you and died for me. He paid the price for me. That's where I get my self, uh, what is it called? Self-confidence. My self-confidence is in Jesus. I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at Jesus. I love your faces, and I appreciate you coming tonight. But I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at Jesus. That's what the Bible tells me to do. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. If your faith is is so wobbly that if so-and-so gets on your nerve or says something funny, then you need to go and build it some more. Amen? You need to go and build this some more. There are many people that leave churches because, hey, pastor looked at me cross-eyed. Maybe pastor was pray, praying for brother so-and-so over here, and his eyes happened to be crossed over to you. Get over yourself, brothers and sisters. I'm mature. Amen? And not get so offended by everything that happens in church. The reality is we are going to step on each other's toes. So let's get that one out in the open. We are going to step on each other's toes. As holy as we are. 
as anointed as we are. I will step on your toes, you will step on my toes. That's why the Bible says forgive. Sometimes you don't even have to go and tell the brother, just forgive them and move on and continue to love God. Now, if it's bothering you so much, then you can go and have a conversation. The Bible gives us provision for that. But you need to mature to a place that you just forgive and move on. Don't let the enemy come in and steal your blessings. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Luke chapter 11, 9 to 13. I want us to look at that. Let's look at Luke. Some people got it. You guys are so super spiritual. Let's look at Luke. That was a joke. Luke 11. <laughs> Somebody got it. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. Is that a statement that Jesus made? Was he just playing around? Did he mean it? So that means Jesus said, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the doors will be opened. He didn't say ask for money. He didn't say ask for a house. He just says ask. Fill in the blank. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever you need, ask, and you shall receive. Now, I got a revelation about that, that if you're asking, constitute asking, then you shall receive. In other words, you are asking in faith, because you have to interpret Scripture with other Scriptures. You don't interpret Scripture in isolation. You interpret Scripture with other Scriptures, because the Scriptures cannot be broken. So the word of God tells us in James, if you are asking, make sure you ask in faith. For either wavers is like the waves of the sea, tossed to and fro. Let not that person suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Is that scripture? Yes. Am I quoting scriptures? Yes. So now when you bring it to this, say, ask and you shall receive. Then you now need to join it to James chapter 1 in faith. The just shall live by faith. It doesn't matter how you slice and dice it. You have to operate in faith. That's it. That's it. Come rain, come shine. And you don't allow your five senses to rule what you have, where you are in God. Think about it this morning. Not every one of us woke up feeling yippee and yappy and yeah, 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 yeah. There are some days that you wake up that way. That's wonderful. Some days you need coffee to keep, you know, to kickstart you. Rum, rum, rum. And then, okay, I need more coffee. Let's. Man, this engine needs to be. You need like five coffees to go. But the love of God for you hasn't changed. Has not changed. Even on days that you are. Excuse me, I'm on this, because I want you to hear me. I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm about to say. Even on days that you feel maybe you acted not so nice to your spouse, or you acted not so nice to your pastor, 
or to another member in the church or on the road, he still loves you. Now, he wants you to repent and make correction where it's necessary. He wants you to grow above that. But his love for you hasn't changed. Didn't the Bible say, neither height nor depth nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come shall be able to separate you from the love of God which is in Christ? So it doesn't matter where you, I, he loves you. I, he, he loves you. He loves you. Like I said, people don't need license to sin. They sin anyway. So don't, don't come and say, Bishop, you are giving people license to sin. They are sinning without license. So, <laughs> so the Holy Ghost is going to be there to help you. Now, the Bible says when we sin, our spirit man, the man on the inside, will smite you. It's not the Holy Ghost. It's the one that says, mm, Bishop, that was not right. You need to go and call Teresa and say you're sorry. No, that has not happened, by the way. So don't think something's happening. That was just an example. <laughs> go, on, go and call Teresa and, and apologize. The same thing with husband and wives. And it happens even with me and my kids. Maybe, um, maybe the way I dealt with the sea thing was too harsh. The spirit, my spirit man would smite me, and I was like, okay, honey, I'm so sorry. I, I shouldn't have said that. Sometimes it takes me a while because I'm the dad. But I do it. And you know something I've learned? The more you allow your heart to be tender, that the Lord can speak to you and you have prompt obedience. It's going to be easy for you to hear God. You don't have to struggle on days when you have a big decision to make. Because you've learned and you've sharpened your hearing in those small, small moments. Amen? When the Lord is prompting your heart, when the Lord tells you that what you did is wrong, does he shout it at you? No. He's a loving father. He just, with, there's something in your heart that just says, ah. I did that wrong. I am sorry. And the moment you do it, God will restore you and bring you back into fellowship. So Father, the Father loves us. So here we we find in Luke chapter 11, still on the theme of the love of the Father, from verse 9 to 13. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. For everyone who asks, receive. Everyone who seeks, find. To him who knocks, it will be opened. Somebody needs to go and sit down and meditate on that. The Bible says everyone who asks, receives. So if your conversation constitutes asking, the word of God says you will receive. Because Jesus is not a liar. He's not a liar. He's the one that said it. So if, if you truly asked, you will receive. If you faint not, if you faint not, remember we said add James chapter 1 to it, ask in faith, add Hebrews 11 1 to it, ask in faith, trusting that what you have presented, he heard you because he absolutely, stupendously is in love with you. God is not giving you stuff because of your works. 
He's giving you stuff because he said it in his word, and he's giving it because of Jesus. Amen. Amen? Our access to heaven is not because of how you lived on earth. It's because you believed in the Lord Jesus that took away all your sins and wiped away all your debt. Come on, Jesus. One of the things that I've been, the Lord has been showing me in the book that he has asked me to read is simple. Jesus paid it all. We know it, but you have to know it here. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. He paid all my sins. He paid for all my sickness. He paid my bills. The Bible says he himself became poor. So that through his poverty, I might be rich. How do you define rich in Greek? Rich. How do you define it in, in Hebrew? Rich. How do you define it in English? Rich. In my mother tongue, rich. In Swahili, rich. No matter what language you put it, rich is rich. Amen. But we have this religious brainwashing in many parts of the church. Ah, I don't want this world's goods. Abraham was loaded. Amen. Everyone that got close to God in Scripture was loaded. Amen. The Lord Jesus was loaded. You don't steal from somebody that's broke. The Bible told us one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, was stealing from the purse. You don't steal from an empty purse. If there's nothing in the purse, there's nothing to steal. My Lord Jesus, the Bible says, though he was rich, yet because of us, he became poor. So that through his poverty, you and I might be provided for. Might have just, you know, some bread to eat. Is that what he said? Might be rich. Study it. Look at it in Greek. It's rich. <laughs> Look at it in Hebrew. It's rich. Look at it in Swahili. It's rich. In English language, rich. Hallelujah. Study the word of God. Hallelujah. God's intention is to bless. I mean, think about it. Many people will get to heaven. They are, they are going to want to run away. Like, God, this is too much. Even the, the street is made of gold. Amen. The streets that you walk on in heaven is made of gold. And people have a problem with me wearing gold. I'm putting it around my neck. And you are complaining because I'm putting God is considered it dust. Amen. Dust. He's a big God. He cares about you. I'm not talking about you becoming billionaire, millionaire. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about you having your needs met, abundantly supplied. God's intention is not for his children to live from paycheck to paycheck. That's not God. Go before the Lord and say, Lord, this is not what your word says. And he will tell you. He will speak to you. I remember Kenneth Hagin shared a story in his early years. Uh, he was preaching. He was going out and ministering. There will be miracles. People's lives are changed. But he was wearing just one suit. The shoe that he was wearing has holes under it. So he went to the Lord. This is where many believers miss it. They don't talk to God about anything. They don't ask him. So he went to the Lord. He said, Lord... 
Your word says, if I am willing and I'm obedient, I will eat the goods of the land. I'm sure I'm not eating the goods of the land. I'm not driving the good. I'm not living in the good. I'm broke. And God said, well, you're right. That's my word. My promises are true. But your own problem, I'm not saying that's your problem. His own problem at that time was you are not qualified. Say what? You told me to leave my church and go out on the road and do this and do, I've done everything. Yeah, yeah, you, you've done it. But you are not willing. He said if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. His own problem was not obedience. He was obeying, but he was not willing. He said I got willing in 10 seconds. I made that adjustment on the inside of me. And from that point on, the Lord showed him what to do. I mean, look at what God built through this man. This was somebody that was wearing just one suit to everywhere. And look at the impact he's still having. I'm talking about him. On this earth, you can leave a child of God broke, sick, depressed, oppressed, molested, or you can leave a child of God victorious, abundantly supplied. It's up to you. But either way, he still loves you. But if I don't know about you. I don't want the other one. I don't want the other one. God's intention is not for any of his children to be without. It's not for any of his children to be broke, living from paycheck to paycheck, barely getting along, living on barely get along streets. <laughs> That's not the intention of God. The Bible says the silver and the gold, they are, I didn't even know I was going to be talking about this, honestly. The silver and the gold, they are mine. It belongs to God. He wants to help you. We've been talking about hearing from God and conversing with God. Well, do you know that there are many people that haven't even broached this subject with the Lord? Lord, this is what your word says. This is what your word says. I'm standing on it. I've done this before. <laughs> I literally took my Bible and said, Lord, I'm literally, spiritually and figuratively standing on it. And God is turning my own personal situation around. I'm telling you, there are some testimonies that I cannot share because I just can't. It's not wise. Now, we've talked about many ways that God will speak. You can have as many of God as you want. As much of God as you want. He still loves you. You're still going to make heaven if you continue to walk the narrow path. But you're going to live a miserable existence while you're here on the earth. God has called us to be victorious, to demonstrate the kingdom in all ramifications. That's what he has called us to be, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Many times the church thinks it's just talking about holiness. Yes, he's talking about holiness and righteousness, but he's also talking about the church taking the seven mountains in society. There are many that God has anointed in different areas. Come on, church. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. 
Let's not just, you know, sit, sit around in church and, and sing. And that's good. That's wonderful. If that's where God has called you. But there are some people that God has called in the marketplace to go and make some really crazy money and fund the kingdom. Amen? Fund the kingdom. And in fact, I remember before I heard the call to the ministry, what I was saying to God was, Lord God, because I've been following Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar, people like that, I was still a young person. I'm still young. So I was praying in one day. I said, Lord, just anoint me to go and make some crazy money. And I promise you I'm bringing it into the house. I'm bringing it to the house. Whatever you tell me to do, my intention, my, my mind was, you know, um, Rehabonke is doing a, con- a conference in Africa. It's going to cost $10 million. I'll just write the check anonymously. That person is doing a, a, a conference over there. It's going to cost $15 million. I'll just write the check. Just give it to me. I'll do it. And then it was, I think it was that same week that the Lord spoke to me about ministry. I was like, oh, I'm one of those that will go and speak. Okay, fine. But I also know that in ministry, money goes along with it as well. Because you need resources to go and preach the gospel. Look at what happened here last Friday. That's demonstrating the kingdom. He couldn't have done that if he was broke, church. He could not have done what he did if he was broke. I didn't know I was going to be speaking about all of that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We said that God will speak to us in many, many ways, and God will speak to you in the way that you understand. For example, the the Father will speak to you in the language that you understand. For example, I speak Yoruba. I'm from Nigeria, western part of Africa. I speak Yoruba. And Yoruba is not the only language in Nigeria. There are about 300 languages, believe it or not. And I only speak one of them. Well, two. Well, if somebody from some other part of Nigeria comes talk to me and they're speaking their language and I'm speaking my language, we are not communicating. So the, the point of that is God will speak to you in a language that you will understand. Things that mean something to you. Impressions, pictures, imagery, dreams that will mean something to you is what he's going to use to communicate. God is genius. It's actually insulting to call him genius. He's divine intelligence. He knows how to speak to you. So when God is talking to me, he may not talk to James that way. He may not talk to Mike that way. Because he will speak to Mike the way Mike will understand. He might speak to Mike using sports analogy and all of that jazz. If he's talking to me with sports, I'm completely clueless. I know soccer, and that's, that's probably about it. Praise the Lord. So God will speak to you the way you would understand. In fact, God will speak to Mike differently than he will speak to Mama Addie. Because their life experiences are different, and what an image will mean to you will be different from what that image will mean to me. So don't ignore all those things. And we've talked about how to test whatever you are getting so that you don't get the fake. As a matter of fact, I have some examples about that. Uh, for example, the, the currency printing organization in the U.S., the Mint, is that what it's called? 
the means. Uh, there are ways you can uh, tell if money is fake. When I first came to the US, the day I walked in, maybe even the second day, somebody gave me a fake currency, I'll buy it. Because I don't know. I don't know what's what. I'm completely green. But I've been here long enough, I've handled it, I've seen it, I've used it, I've spent it. So I know what a dollar bill looks like. I know what a quarter looks like. Now I want to submit to you, there are some people that are even more knowledgeable than an average American. People that work in the mint. There are some people that are even more knowledgeable than those guys. People that are trained, like the FBI, to find uh, people that are fake money, to catch them. So they do all kinds of uh, conferences, they do all kinds of uh, training to show them this is what the real looks like, this is what the fake looks like. We've gone through that. The Holy Spirit is your uh, guide that lives inside of you. And he will throw all kinds of red flag when whatever you are hearing is not of God. So pay attention to that. If somebody is speaking to you or you are hearing a message like this, if, I, I hope I'm speaking about the Holy I believe I am. If somebody is speaking something that is not from God, you will know. Because he lives in you. Get acquainted with him. We spent a lot of time on that to develop our intimacy with the Lord. Another thing that the word of God warns us about is not to be dull of hearing. You are hearing, but it's like white noise. You know, they do the white noise thing in a common area, in offices. After a while, you don't hear it. Even though it's there, but you don't hear it. It's now part of you. Don't make the voice of the Lord so common, but yet develop that intimacy. Don't be intimidated, but be intimate with him. Do not be intimidated, but rather be intimate. So that when he whispers, you hear him. Many times, believers are not hearing from God because of lack of intimacy. They're too busy. They don't have time for the Holy Spirit. I got to go for that business deal. I got to take this part. I gotta. You got to build your life and create time for him. Build your life and make sure you have time allotted for your fellowship time with the Lord. In fact, the busier you are on, on your busiest day, that's the day you need him the most. So if you have to wake up one hour early, half an hour early, do what you got to do. Amen? Amen. You, cannot, you cannot sidestep that. Remember, in the midst of all of this, he still loves you. He still loves you. Remember the, the prodigal son? He still loves him, but he was missing out the entire time he was gone. Look at all the mosquito bites. Look at all the pig bites. He came home with all kinds of pig bites. Because after a while, you are, you know, rushing the food with the pig. They'd be like, this guy is a competition. We need to take him out. A terrible meal. You are fighting for a terrible meal when you have five cores at home. I want you to take that image with you. The father has five cores 
with all the fixings, all the trimmings that you can, your little heart can desire. Meanwhile, you are eating with the pigs. The truth is, there are many in the church, in the body of Christ, that are eating with the pigs. And when, you say, when they see somebody that's actually sitting at the table, they get mad. Is he the only one? How come he has it? Well, the table is open to everybody. I just happened to take my seat. Why don't you grab your own seat? Come on, church. The Bible says, hmm, let's go to this, Isaiah 42. I'm just wrapping up because obviously tonight is my last night, but I'll, I'll be back. You know, pastor will bring me back. Amen. I believe God for that. Amen. The just shall live by faith. Amen. That's right. Isaiah 42. I want us to see this. This is so um, eye-opening. Verse 19, the Bible says, Who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger whom I've sent? Who is blind as he who is perfect? I'm blind as the Lord's servant. Are you seeing this? Now, look at it. Look at verse 20. Seeing many things, he do not observe. He's looking at it. But it's like it's not there. Seeing many things, you do not observe. Opening the ears, but he himself does not hear. This is a servant of the Lord. Acknowledged by God himself. He said, this guy is clueless. He's seeing, but he doesn't see. So, Lord, open my eyes. I want us to pray. Let's just pray for a minute. Lord, open my ears, open my eyes. Open my spiritual senses. I don't want to walk in darkness anymore. I don't want to walk in any form of darkness about my family, about your plan for my life, about my assignment. Lord, open my eyes to see. Unless God opens your eyes, you are as blind as the next blind guy. Said, seeing many things, he observes them not. Opening the ears, but he himself is blind. I mean, deaf. And in Hebrews 5, the Bible says, Of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be uttered, seeing that you are dull of hearing. Hebrews 5.11. Seeing that you are dull of hearing. There are some times that God wants to pass on some divine intelligence to you, but because he knows you can't take it, for example, I have 16-year-olds. I have a 7-year-old. Let's just pretend one of my kids is 2. And I want to explain to them quantum physics. Might as well be speaking Swahili or Greek. It's the same as explaining quantum physics because they are clueless. Even for my 6-year-old. She can't understand quantum physics. She's still trying to learn how to add, multiply, divide, all of that. So God will take you step by step. So develop your 
heart to be able to pick up what God is doing. Even in a service, you know, we've seen so many powerful Holy Ghost directed services in this church. We are blessed. I don't know if you know it. We are blessed. But in the midst of what is happening, there are some people that are completely clueless of what's going on. That is not an indictment. It's just an observation. They are completely clueless of what is going on. That means you need to grow. Grow. Turn off the TV a couple of days and pick a book and study. Say, Holy Spirit, teach me. Holy Spirit, there's no magic to it. Study any saint that has been used by God in any field, whether it's ministry or outside of ministry. They are men and women that partner with the Holy Ghost. There's no shortcut. There are men and women that spend time in the secret place. What you see in the public place is a result of the secret place. There's no shortcut to it. If you don't have a secret place, that's where you should start. That's where you should start. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible says, so then faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17, and hearing by the word of God. Faith is absolutely necessary to hear God. You have to believe that God will speak to you, and you have to prepare like God is going to say something to you. Every time I go into my office to pray, I have a pad and a pen ready because I'm expecting him to speak. That's an act of faith. He hasn't said anything yet, but I'm there with my pad and my pencil waiting to write. Somebody say, well, what if I go and I don't hear anything? Keep acting in faith. Keep acting in faith. One day it's just going to bust open. I mean, almost every time I say, Lord, slow down, slow down, slow down so I can write. It's going so fast. I can't keep up with him. It's going so fast. So I I found uh, an app that can actually help. So when the Lord is speaking, I'm saying it. So the app is typing it for me. (laughs) So I can keep up. So you have to step out in faith. That's baby steps. That may be something new for some some people in the house. I I don't know where you are. But take baby steps. Concerning that thing, Holy Spirit, what exactly do you need me to do in terms of action? The woman with the issue of blood went and grabbed Jesus. Amen? Amen? That was our own action. If I may but touch the helm of his garment. Hearing God is not, uh, I hope God speaks to me. Hope is not faith. Hope is hope. Faith is faith. You know what hope does? Hope gives you a good attitude as the ship is going down. <laughs> But faith will keep the sheep afloat. That's the difference. So you want to go down, or do you want to keep the sheep afloat? Or better yet, walk on water. Let's go for a stroll. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Figuratively and literally. Walking on water is, you know, there are some situations that require you to stand. I've heard Kenneth Hagin say that there are some things that he stood for 45 years. Talk about length of faith. 
There are some things he stood and it happened the next day. There are some things he stood for 10 years. There are some things he stood for five years. So don't give up. If the article on the inside of you is truly faith, you stand. Come winds or high waters. No matter what is happening, you stand. I've been done all to stand. Stand, therefore. Stand, therefore. And if the Lord is giving you any special instruction, follow that. Follow that. We see it in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. Go and make food for me first. For thus saith the Lord, the cruise of oil will not dry. The flower will not grow dry until God brings rain. She acted on the word of the prophet. And guess what? Provision. Poo, poo, poo. The oil. I mean, just picture that. Picture that. you got to act on what God is telling you to do. That's where the Holy Ghost is so indispensable to every son and daughter in the house. You can't walk the Christian walk without him. I don't know how people do it without him. I don't know. I think so. They just forgot. And they just try in their natural strength, in their flesh. God will give you divine intelligence. Over the last uh, four or five days, I've had so many dreams. In fact, I share one of them with Pastor, a piece of it. You know, going to Australia and, and doing some ministry over there and stuff like that. God is speaking. If you will open your heart to hear him. And don't wait for the spectacular and miss the supernatural. As you are driving home, God will speak to you. Because the Holy Ghost is in you 24-7-365. He doesn't need a special service to talk to you. If you have a secret place. Now, God, I love it when God speaks, does hear the Lord and God a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom, all of that goes. That's wonderful. We all enjoy that. But what he enjoys more is intimacy. Whatever that time is, you know, maybe all you have right now is in your car. Create a space for him. Create a space for him so that he can minister to you the way he wants to minister to you. I have so many much much to say, but I, I believe God has given us what he wants. So let's give us, uh, I'm going to give us some quick things that you can write down, and if I'm too fast, please go back on the video because we only have a few minutes left. Ways that God communicates. What does God's voice sound like? God's voice sounds like the word of God. It sounds exactly like the Word of God. God's voice or communication will come in form of a vision, a picture, an impression, a feeling. God's voice or communication may come in a still, small voice. He does speak that way. God's voice or communication may be in the form of an impression, a knowing in your spirit, a tug of your heart. That's God's voice. God's voice will come in form of uh, an image, a picture in your mind, which is discerning of spirit. Many times we think discerning of spirit is seen clearly. I'm seeing an angel right there. But that's part of discerning of spirit. Because God is giving you revelation in your spirit. Amen? That's a part of it. God's voice or communication may be in form of a trance. 
We've seen that in scripture, you know, when on the housetop, I think it was Peter, he fell into a trance. And the Lord gave him a revelation and information about what he needs to do next. Another thing that's necessary for us to know is God's voice always comes with the fruit of the Spirit. And he aligns with the written word. Does it bring you love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, kindness, and patience? Even when God is correcting a bad behavior, you can still feel the love. God corrects in love. He redeems to redeem. Even in the middle of correcting you, you can still feel the love of God oozing out of it. Just like a, a good father. Now, what are some practical steps that you and I must take to grow? I'm not saying you don't know how to hear from God, but to grow beyond where you are. If you desire it, don't walk in fear. Walk in faith. Expect that God will speak to you. You know what I base that on? He said it. He said, I will talk to you. He said it in his word. And if you, if you believe that Jesus is not a liar, then you approach it like he's going to talk to me, just like he said. That's where faith is necessary. And we started with love because that's what the Father put in my heart to bring it all together. Don't walk in fear. Step out in faith in small issues. This will train your spirit man to discern the voice of the Lord from the voice of the enemy and from your own voice. Because you have those three voices, the voice of the Lord, the voice of the enemy, and your own voice. You can discern the voice of the enemy is easily as you grow in the word. The more of the word you put in you, the easier it is for you to catch him. <laughs> because you know what the Bible says. He can't deceive you anymore. Ignorance is one of the problems in the church. The Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Not for lack of praying. Praying is good. He has his place. But they are destroyed because they are clueless. Paraphrase. What is the fruit of the message? And what's the emotion you are getting from it? Now, the fact that the emotion is negative or bad doesn't mean it's not from God. It could be that God is giving you an alert, a warning. Don't do that. Don't touch that. Don't go there. Don't go there. Like the example I gave about my job thing, was it last week? Uh, don't go there. Don't go there. But many times we still go there. And then he will do his best to try to change your curse. And thank God I obeyed and I listened. I don't even know. I don't even want to know what running your race 10 years behind will look like. Oh. That should give you the ebgbs. Is that how they say? <laughs> the ebgbs. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The bottom line, if you want to take anything out of this study, among everything that the Lord has given us, relationship. 
acknowledge his presence. Remember that book by Benny Hinn, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Take it to the next level. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Talk to them. We had a full session on that. Acknowledge their presence. You know what that does? It will make you behave differently when you know it's there. <laughs> the awareness of his presence. Because he's in you. The Bible says it. So act like he's there. Move around like he's there. Throughout your day. I say it in a joking way, but I mean it. No matter where you are, in the bedroom, in the bathroom, in the boardroom, on the road, the Holy Ghost doesn't take a break. He's there. So acknowledge his presence, intimacy, fellowship, and develop a secret place. One of the, the revelations that the Lord gave me in one of the dreams I had recently was about the secret place, intimacy.